Kum Lenin Ablat Gemara. Today's daf is daf Pei Pei Zion. Daf Pei Zion and Achayvul, and we'll start from the bottom of the page. Tanya Idach. Basically, we are recording here Rabbi Yehuda's view. Rabbi Yehuda is addressing the status of a blind person. So the first thing we learned, and we can see clearly from here that there are layers. You see the brachas interpreting Rabbi Yehuda. We can see here there are different layers. Now, initially he thought this as the Rishonim say, and then he went the next step, and he went the next step regarding blind people. Those are challenged. So uh, on the base in the bottom. So the first thing we learned so far is that uh, Rabbi Yehuda says that a blind person is exonerated from all punishments in the title. First of all, there's no shame. When you're shaming a blind person, you don't have to pay, or if he, uh, he shouldn't have to pay. Second of all, if he did a sin that he deserved to get lashes, he doesn't get lashes. Deserves to be killed, uh, let's say he's Mechal Shabbos, it doesn't happen. And if he killed someone by mistake, by accident, he doesn't have to run to a city of refuge. So basically, the first stage was that Yehuda said exonerated from all punishments. Now the next Tanya Idach, the bottom of the page. We learned in another Bryson. Rabbi Yehuda says, Summa Again, he starts over the basic premise that a Summa has no laws of shame. And we learned that from a Pasik because we learned the Shava from Einach And then the Chain Hoyer I went a step further. Poitra, he exonerated a blind person from Mikol Dinim Shebetayda. Not only from all punishments, but any commercial matter. For example, he cannot be a judge. He cannot be, um, uh, what do you call it, a, a witness, uh, an aide. He cannot be involved. My time, Rabbi Yehuda, why do you go the next step? Omakro, it says a passage, we shoved to her Ada, that this, they were referred to the, the, the judge as the Ada. Ben Hamaka or Ben Adam, they should judge the, the Maka, the one who strikes. Ben Adam, you know, when it comes to killing someone by mistake, Al Hamishpatim Ela, and all of these matters of law. So Koshi, anybody is included in the laws. If you strike somebody, you kill somebody, you get killed, and so if you hit someone by mistake, you run to see a refuge, or you get Malkus. Yes, the Mishpatim is included in all the laws of Mishpatim. But Koshi ain't a Malkus girl, but if you're not included in Malkus, as you learned yesterday from those Pesukim, then ain't a Mishpatim not included. Then the Buddha goes the next stage. Tan Yidach, the next stage is the Buddha. A summa, a blind person, ain't like A blind person has no laws of shame. Okay, same premise, but now we go a step further. Rabbi says that not only doesn't he get punished, he has, and not only is not involved in the Mishpatim, a blind person is exempt from Kalatarukul. How far do we go? I'll tell you the second the argument yeah. of Rashaidim. My time in Rabbi This is only Rabbi Yudah Swara, the Rabban don't agree with him. What's his basis? We have a passing. The the following Mitzvahs. Who has the chukim of the Torah? Only those who have the mishpatim. But we just learned in the previous brayser that Rabbi Yehuda sort of said that you know they're excluded from mishpatim. Once you establish that, they're pure mitzvahs. Koshi has mishpatim, yes, mitzvahs. The chukim, the chosha, ain't mishpatim, ain't the mitzvahs chukim. And the pasuk starts of the elaham mitzvahs chukim mishpatim. So we equate mitzvahs and chukim to mishpatim. The problem is there is no such pasuk. There is no such pasuk that says elaham mitzvahs chukim mishpatim. In fact, if you look um, in one of the amendments here, they want to amend the passing and say, But in the Pasha but the fact is, which I told you once before, Rabbi Kiva Eger 
make aggregates all the psukim in the Gemara that are distorted. So in one of the Sfarim, it said, one of the Chorim, it says, the reason why the Gemara, it was deliberately distorted. It's not a mistake. And that is because things which are written in the Torah, now I'll say by heart. And if the Chachamim were teaching the students and they did not have a Megillus of a Torah in front of them or a Sefer Torah in front of them, and they had to quote a Pasuk, and there was so Mahmed, even a partial Pasuk, they would distort the Pasuk, so therefore you cannot say that they're quoting Dvorin Shebek Sav, Okay, so Rabbi Yehuda establishes that blind people are exempt from mitzvah. So let's finish Gemara. And from this next piece of Gemara, we have a massive argument between Rabbi Natam and the Rambam. And it goes as follows. Rabbi Yasef, we had the same conclusion. Rabbi Yasef said, Meresh, from the outset, I mean, I thought, Manda Omar Halach, Rabbi Yehuda. If somebody tells me the halach is like Rabbi Yehuda, that what the blind people are exempt. Remember, Rabbi Yehuda was blind. In fact, he brought it upon himself because he he didn't want to be able to see all around him. So he went into a cave and was for a while he was pitch black, and then he went out directly in the sun and he became blind. And, um, and according to one opinion, he actually eventually recovered. So, my, but he remember all the Gemara and everything. Rabbi kept on reminding him that you know you told before you were blind, you told us this, and now you forgot. So man the Omar Lochik Yehuda. The one of Yehuda, the Omar Suma Padmit is the one who tells me that the Halakh of Yehuda that that I'm I'm exempt, Kaavidna Yamatovarabanan. I would make a Yamtif. You know why? My time away. The Lai Mafkidina. I don't I'm I don't have to do the mitzvahs. And yet Vikavdina mitzvahs on a voluntary basis. I, I'm wonderful. Because I, I I'm better than everybody else. Because I don't have to do any mitzvahs. I'm going out of my way to do the mitzvahs. However, now that I heard of Chanina say, or greater is the one who is instructed. There's always there's a big argument in all these Jewish organizations. What's better to have volunteers or paid workers? Yeah. Chanina says it's much better to have a paid worker. But then, you know, even if it gets difficult, they have to go ahead and continue with it because that's what their job is. <laughs> but Tayshas in, in Kedushin says the reason is when somebody's instructed to a mitzvah, the Yetzirah works far, far harder to prevent you from fulfilling your obligations. So now that I heard that doing that, if you're instructed to do the mitzvah, if you, you know, if you're obligated to a mitzvah, it's much greater than Manda Amali ain't Allah Rabbi If you tell me that Allah is not like Rabbi Yudah, in other words, blind people are obligated to the mitzvahs, then I've done a yamta Rabbi I'll make a yamta. My time, the chimaftina is the agrat because now that I do, I have more reward. Some of the Achreim have a problem with this Gemara here. Yosef is pursuing reward. It says in Pekiyavis that uh, Tignes Yisrochis says he should not be like those people who are pursuing reward. So what's the difference to him? It's a question of Agra. Anyway, um, this is the basis for a big argument and, and the argument is as follows. A blind person exempt from mitzvahs. First of all, in Halacha, we're not sure if the Halachas are Rabbi Yehuda or not like Rabbi Yehuda. Big argument in But in Shachnarach, we pass in that Asuna in Nunhei is Chayiv Kol HaToyrukur. So we hold that a blind person is chayv in all the mitzvahs. Questions by tzitzis, because there's a reason why you said, otherwise a chayv in all the mitzvahs. However, here, Rabbeinu Tam says the following. If a woman who's exempt from positive mitzvahs that are time-bound, can she make a bracha when she takes the lulav or she does any of the mitzvahs that she's exempt from? He says, clearly from here you can. Because if the, you deny the opportunity to make a mitzvah, to make a bracha, then Rabbi Yosef, even if he was told you're on a voluntary basis, it's wonderful, but he's missing out on all the brachas. And he's missing out. What's he so happy about? And especially we learned in the Mordech HaManiach that if you want to be a chassid, you have to make middle of the brachas. You have to make brachas. So what's he happy? It must be that he made all the brachas. So therefore, Rabbi Yitam says, from here you see that a blind person, that a woman can also make brachas a mitzvah says, 
and he proves that a blind person makes brachas from a Gemara and Arab Sachim, that Avsheshes and Abiyatu were blind, and that yet they used to read the Haggadah for their family. And the Gemara wants to know how can they do that? They're exempt from mitzvahs, and we answer because matzah, they hold that matzah, manazeh, is the Rabbanon. But still, how did they make a bracha? So that proves that bracha was not, is not, is not, a, is not a question at all. And that's the, the, the opinion of Beinu Tam. The Rambam and other Rishayim totally disagree. They hold that a woman is, who is not a chayiv in the mitzvahs cannot make a bracha. I, what about a blind person? So there are different ways of explaining it. But one of the ways of explaining it is the way, is the way Tasha himself asks on himself that a blind person might be very different than a woman. A blind person is kalapachas chayiv in mitzvahs the rabban. A blind person is chayiv mitzvahs, even though we say a blind is chayiv patim ha but it's chayiv mit the rabbanim. And as Tasha says himself, you know why? Because otherwise he's a guy. What, how is he? How is he Jewish? A woman has so many other mitzvahs. Okay, mine is these few, so therefore she's a yid. But if a, a blind person has no mitzvahs, he's a guy. What makes him a yid? So therefore he must say is mitzvahs, and therefore he's entitled to make a bracha. So that's why Rabbi Yisrael had no issue with the bracha. But a woman who's totally exempt from a let's say benching lulav, who said she can make a bracha, she has no mitzvah at all. Now. That very premise that a blind person has mitzvahs, otherwise he'd be a guy, tells us something else. That Rabbein Tam understood, by a blind person, and the Rambam and all those who follow me, that a blind person is not only potter from mitzvahs assay, but also potter from mitzvahs licensing. In other words, he's like a guy. He's allowed to eat trafe, He's allowed to eat Michal Shabbos. There's no mitzvahs. However, many of the Shainim say, what are you talking about? Uh, even if we're saying that a blind person has no chiv to do proactive mitzvahs, but he's allowed to eat since when? He's allowed to mechal uh, Shabbos, no such thing. And therefore, there's uh, the idea that you're forcing a blind person to do mitzvahs or a bond because otherwise he'd be a guy. He's not a guy. He can't eat trafe. He, he can't do the square of the Shabbos. Anyway, the um, other Shainim, the Haggai Sashri and Sukkah, proves from the Gemara and Sukkah there that a woman has not allowed to take on mitzvahs. Or she can, definitely cannot make a bracha, and she has no mitzvah. But without going to whole arichas, there's a very interesting Rabbeinu Hillel um, uh, commentary on Torah's Koenig. And he says, the difference between a man and a woman by mitzvah haseish as man grom is, everyone has the same mitzvah. And if a woman can say v'tzivonu, because the problem is, how can a woman say v'tzivonu, you command her, which has a mitzvah. A woman, and that's why we don't bring an eye from a blind person, also has a mitzvah, and yet they can make a bracha. Why can a woman say b'tzivanu? Because he says men and women, they all are chayv in all the mitzvahs. The only difference is, a woman does not get punished if she doesn't do it. She can have any excuse she has, let's take care of kids, the family, she's exempt. But other, but if she does it, she has exactly the same mitzvah as a man. Therefore, she can say v'tzivanu. One of the tesis proofs that a woman can make a bracha is, because the Gemara says in Megillah, that a woman can get an aliyah. Oilin, that are Isha's that means you can make a bracha. Even though the potter from the midst of learning trade, it doesn't approve that even though you put it, but if you want to make a bracha, you can. But then Taisha brings two disproofs. One is fascinating, it's engaged with what's happening in the world today in those places. One of them is Taisha says, when we say that a woman can be called up an Ali, if you remember in those days, only the first person who was called up made a bracha, and the last person ended a bracha. And maybe when the Gemara says that means the middle ones, when the, no bracha was, was made. Because a bracha means you told us a woman has no chiv. And the other thing he says is maybe the mitz, the bracha we make on Kriya Satayra has nothing to do with the bracha of learning in Torah. In the morning you daven, you say brachas, and yet when you get an ali, you make a bracha again. Why make a bracha again? And a better proof he says is a koyin, if there's no lady in the shul, the koyin gets 12 seconds, he just 
just made a bracha. I was making a bracha again for. So the bracha has to do with covered hatayra, nothing to do with the fact that we made bittul hatayra. So even though women are exempt from learning hatayra, it seems to me here that women should um, can make a bracha hatayra. Based on that, the Mogen of Ram Paskal and Shulchan Aruch and Reish Pei that women have a chiv to hear kriyas hatayra shamas. And what's the base of that is this Tosis who says that women oilim and hashiva they can make they can even make the bracha on the aliyah because they have a mitzvah. I have a mitzvah of, uh, of Kriya Satayra. But others, obviously, in Halachi, the women don't have the Chiv of Kriya Satayra. They're on the mitzvah. And the reason why they don't get called Aliyah today, even according to that version, is because of Kavad HaTzibur, that uh, it, it's sort of showing that people have to do all other things, don't know how to make a bracha, so they put sleep on Kavad HaTzibur. Anyway, it's interesting how we segue from this little thing here to yeah. all those Halachas, based on a little here. Okay, let's continue. Said the mission is There's a chumra by a person over a shayr regarding damages. Adam, a person causes damage. Mishalm has to pay five payments. Nezek for the total damage, which is we worked out some employment. Tar pain, deeply medical bills, shevis, the minor unemployment. You know, it could have been a security guard. Now he's lying in bed. And boish is the shame. Number one. And, and, and an animal causes uh, cause damage, you only pay one payment, the damage. Number two, so a person causes a woman to miscarry, he pays, but an animal doesn't. The shoyed ain't mishal elanezik, a shoyed only pays for the damages. We learn from the Pasik of shoyed is potter for mevladis, because it says anoshiki, not so anoshik. Two men are fighting, and then you know, causes her to uh, hits uh, and hits a woman. But we say anoshim v'lo shivarim. And not animals. Hamak is always imay. Somebody strikes his parents. We learned yesterday. How's that possible? Gave my haircut. And and we learned yesterday the amazing thing that being bald is actually considered a, a devaluation in, in, in thing. So, but today we're proud of our of our boldness. If you if you cause a wound to your friend on Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, there's no is only chorus. And we don't follow Rabbi Nechunya ben Akonda. We hold that Karaz does not exempt you from, from uh, paying money. I, you're getting Malkus. But here, Zigmar says, because the whole idea of wounding somebody, the trader says, I'll do that. So you should be getting Malkus. And yet the trader says, you have to pay. Kenya Nosson Loi teaches us that here's an exception that even though there's Malkus, you pay money. So no, in the case of your parents, you got to pay five, even though there was no blood there, otherwise you'd be if you wounded an Evid Ivri, we already learned yesterday about how you pay what goes to the master and what goes to directly to the slave or the dividends. Again, he's a, he's a human being, he's a yid, you have to pay all five payments. You don't have to pay for unemployment because you own his work. If he's your Evid, so you know, he, he, he losses to yourself, so therefore you don't have to pay. Now, in other words, you're not paying it, you're not paying it to the evidence, you're paying ultimately to the owner, and therefore you're the owner. But if you wound a goyish evidence for somebody else, then you have to pay, you have to pay everything because now you you harm you harm the guy and the master lost. Rabbi says, Rabbi says, one the one payment you don't have to pay is shame. No greater shame than being a slave. So you're not adding anything by you know wounding the person. Can't be worse than that. You have a somebody who's deaf, or a or a cotton, the minor. They're a walking menace. Why is that? If you cause them damage, I have to pay full damage, whatever it is, all the five payments to the father, or whatever. But but they're exonerated. They know what they're doing. They're not responsible. A slave and a woman is, is bad, but not as bad. Also, 
bad news. If you harm them, you have to pay. But they harm others, they don't have any money right now. Not that they're exempt. They owe the money, but they don't have any because the ever belongs to a master, and the master doesn't have to pay. Um, and, uh, and the woman, you know, she's uh, she's married right now, and she doesn't, have, and all of her in the custom estate, the husband has the dividends and a lien on them, and so on, so therefore you don't pay. If, if, if she is divorced, the, the, no such thing as a statute of limitations of Jewish law. And it's saying if the Evan one day is emancipated or the woman one day is divorced, yeah, they, they'll have to pay. Even 20, no, you had, they'll have to pay because but the, the damage they did, they have to pay. They don't have any money. Have no access to funds. They will have to pay that money. But if you strike your parents and you did cause a wound, you made them bleed. So for that, or you wounded your friend on Shabbos, for that. And even if there were no witnesses or they didn't warn you, they, didn't, they don't get punished. But we learned that if you committed a sin that is coupled with a punishment, a capital punishment, even if you don't receive the capital punishment, your life is over here on the line and here we apply the rule of come lay with your punishment if you wound your own your own you're exempt from everything because obviously you're paying yourself says the mother boy interesting who was the main student of Rabbi Eichelon, and we had constant arguments, which that in itself I never understood, because we had more tightness when Ishlakish passed away. Rabbi Yechon was looking someone to argue with. They gave him Rabbi Lazar. And whatever Rabbi Yechon said, Rabbi Lazar gave him, you know, 13 or whatever number of reasons that he's right. And Rabbi Yechon went crazy. He said, I don't need you to tell me I'm right. I'm going to tell him I'm wrong. And then eventually we had to dab him that he should pass away. Yet throughout Shas and even Baba Kama, we had so many arguments between Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Yechon. So Rabbi Yechon knew exactly that Rabbi Lazar is able to argue with him. So, so all he had to do was tell Rabbi Lazar, stop supporting me. Go back to yourself and argue yeah. with me like a shlokhi used to. Here we see Rabbi Lazar went, Rabbi Lazar must have been either in bubble as well. He went to Rav because Rav was in bubble, yeah. even though initially he was in Israel, but, yeah. uh, but he went to bubble. So Rabbi Lazar was gone to bubble. Well, this is when Rav was in Israel. But we did have a few times Rabbi Lazar was by Rav. He asked the following question yeah. You wounded a daughter, a, a girl, not yours, a minor. Now we know that a father. We learned in that everything that all the proceeds that go to a girl goes to the father while she's a naira and a katana. Who earns, but she's the one who got hurt. Who gets that money? Me, Amrina. The question really is what is the basis that we say that whatever the girl earns goes to the father? Me, Amrina, we say, since we talk about the money of Kedushin, that's what we learn out. The money of Kedushin. If somebody wants to engage her, that money goes to the father. Therefore, everything else that she earned goes to the father, including somebody wounded her. Um, yes. Do we say, is a title of the father? My time, but why? It actually directly affects it because now she's worth less. Maybe for Shaduch-wise, also Shaduch-wise would be worth less. I did perhaps, no. You know that Shavach is only limited to Kedushin. And, and the logic there is, <laughs> I, he owns outright the right to marry her off to anybody he wants. He can give her to a, could he buy the Mimsala Mukashi and Matimas? He can give it to somebody who is, um, Afflicted with all kinds of wounds. Therefore, since he owns that right completely, totally, therefore he's entitled to take the money. But anything else that she earns, he has no entitlement. Does he own that right? Does he have the right to, to hurt his daughter? Of course not. So, therefore, because he doesn't have that, he doesn't own that right. Anything, any proceeds that come as a result of that, 
he has no shaykhs to. Why should he get the money? He's not entitled to it. So the question really is, what is the basis that we say that everything goes to his father? Is it, is it um, once we've established collusion, everything goes to his father as well? Or is the collusion limited because he has he owns that right totally? Other rights he doesn't own totally. Amalei Rav answered, He's only entitled to the Kedushin money and not to the money that you hurt his, his daughter. Okay, that's the Rav's decision. And we'll discuss that now. Ace, will ask you a question. Ace, um, um, will ask you a question. By the way, it's very interesting. Rashi says here, a father is not allowed to hurt his daughter. Because it says in the posse, you're not allowed to strike another person. You know, when the, the bezin there, when they give the malkus, they have to make sure they administer the exact amount, not even one more. And from there, we learn out you're not allowed to hit anybody, including a parent, the, the child. So it's one thing to discipline a child. We're having more market of ches over there, you know, about if you use discipline a child and then unfortunately passes away, whether you have to go to go or not. But uh, uh, generally speaking, to strike, to hit a child is easier in the Torah. Um, wounding the child. Okay, it says it says the Gemara further. Hey, so I'll ask you a question. It says here um, in our Mishnah, if somebody wounds an Ebedivri, you have to make all, all payments. Unemployment. The Ebed belongs to you, then who is affected by the unemployment? You, the Balabas, and therefore you don't have to pay. Yeah, so what do we see clearly from here? So the Chayi, we see from here that since the earnings. Now, what do we know about a girl? The girl goes out there and gets a job. That money goes to the father. I mean, at the corner, everything that she has goes to the father. So just like in every DVD, it says clearly here that the, since the earnings go to the father, he doesn't have to pay. It goes to him. So the same by a daughter. What's that? Rav Pasquing that by a daughter? That the money goes goes to her. She goes to the father because he owns the Maisi Yada. Forget about the Gushi. He owns the Maisi Yada. The earnings that she has out there goes to the father. Um... No, it's all, all five payments. Says the Gemara, Amar Abaye, Moider Rab, Rab is Moider. B'shevest unemployment, the Maisiyada that directly affects. In other words, he is entitled to the earnings, and now he's not getting the earnings, and that translates in unemployment. So that the Shevest at Shaz Bagus Davu Habim. In other words, the other payments of Chabola, the Tsar, she's the one who's in pain. She's the one who needs medical bills. That money goes to her. The unemployment, which, what's the problem? That he no longer can get the earnings of his daughter because she can't work. That he is he is entitled to. That payment, he's entitled to. So when Rav said that, um, he meant Shevach and Urim, and he meant also uh, the unemployment. But the other payments go to the daughter. Exactly. No, no. We're talking about somebody else. Somebody else. If somebody else, generally, somebody hurts the daughter. Um, what happens? So, okay, so right now at this stage, we, we modified Rav and we said that the, the unemployment goes to the father. We're talking about the other four payments that go directly to the daughter. Hey, shall I ask you a question? It says, somebody harmed his oldest son, I guess uh, who's an adult, he has to pay his son straight away. Um, <clears throat> uh, what are you called? A child who's a minor, you have to pay him, but he's not old enough to do, to, to handle money. So you make a trust account and you uh, invest the money on his behalf till he's old enough to uh, to take that money. Okay, so you have your, your harm your own son, you have to pay. What happened you harm your young daughter? 
It says if you harm your young daughter, you put it. It sounds like you put it from everything. You just said that all the four payments go to her. The only payment that belongs to the father is the unemployment. Then he should be paying the four payments to the daughter. The only thing he should be put from is unemployment. And yet it seems to me, he's put from paying all five payments. Why? If it's if it's her money, what right does he have to you know <laughs> hold it back? <laughs> says clearly everything goes to the father. Says unemployment benefits. We're not discussing the other form payments. Says the Gemara. Okay, let's understand now the Brisa. We're digressing. You're saying an older son, you have to pay the son directly. What I mean, I ask a question. Says another Brisa. If you harm someone else's sons and daughters, you got to pay them straight away. <laughs> Tanim, if they're young minors from somebody else, is Yasalem's Gula. Um, <coughs> excuse me. You have to make them a trust account. <coughs> excuse me. But the Bona will be nice of his own children. Says clearly his own children. Potter. You in the previous Bryce, it says of your own son, you have to pay him the money if he's an adult. And here we're talking about, you know, adults, minors, and it says they're your own children. You're not, you're exempt from paying anything. Sounds like adults as well. You're exempt from paying. Why? If the money is their money, as it says in the previous price, it's um, it's um, sorry, it's half of the page of It said the previous price about your older son, you have to pay him straight away. And this price seems to say your own children, you don't have to pay him because the money goes to you. Why pay from one pocket to the next? Like cash, we have to say the both Bryce is talking about two different scenarios. The first Bryce, uh, I said, this Bryce is talking about Khan, Kishis, Muchim, Al they're sitting there, and the father knows he's supporting them. That as a then we make a takana, he's supporting you, then he's only fair that he's entitled to get all your benefits. So, therefore, Chabola is his benefit. If he will hurt you, he doesn't have to pay you because it goes back to him. The first Bryce that says you have to pay the children directly is talking about the children are independent. If they're independent, it's because your child doesn't entitle you at all to anything, and therefore you have to pay them outright. The first price is talking about So what do you tell me? The first price is talking about right? They're not, they're not, they're independent children, and therefore you have to pay them if you harm them. So Look at the next part. It says in that first price it says if you harm your younger daughter, Potter, you harm your younger daughter, you don't have to pay anything. Anything that they harm that goes to the father. If we're talking about independent children, right? We're making there a distinction between an adult and a minor, but we're talking about the same scenario. And since you told me that the bride is talking about a case where they're independent, then even though the child is a minor, they're independent. So if the child is a minor, independent. Why is the money going to the father? Then if she's independent, the father is not supporting her. Why should the money go to the father? So when answers the boy in that even though she's independent, because she's a minor, she doesn't earn enough, the father's still supporting her somewhat. By an adult, the father's not supporting her at all. Not entirely. But the kid, the kid, the father's still supporting. And I feel the man, even the one who says, and we had this argument, a master has a right to say to the slave, I say, Emi, you work for me, but I'm not giving you food. You want food, you go out and work. And I'm not going to support you. Hani me by Kanani, only right to say that to an Ever Kanani. For me, you work during the day. Look at night, Zil's go wander around, get menial jobs, temporary jobs, and, and support yourself. When it comes to an Evid Ivri, if we can prove an Evid Ivri now, I'll say that. Surely your own child, you can't say that. That you have to treat an Evid Ivri equal. Remember, you only had one cushion. We had that Yashami that you have to give it to the Evid. You have to share equally. Like Surely your daughter, you have to support. 
and we had a Ksubas that till six years old before, so six and older, we we shame him and sort of, uh, you know, we still try to force him to, to support the daughter. So if he has to, what do you mean? So it's not independent. It's a dependent child because you have to support him. We're talking about extra. We're talking about that word that she supports herself. So she's independent, but he gives her over and above that. She doesn't earn enough or for excesses, right? Now she only earns the bare minimum. So therefore, he's entitled in, to get something back. By an adult child, gives her nothing. So therefore, the money belongs to them. That's for the price. But the minor, why? The money goes to the father because he does support her somewhat. So he must said, okay, let's look at the next price. My kid, the Basaisa, what's the next price? He said, they are dependent children. That's why he said, if they are dependent children, even if he harms his own child, gives them nothing because everything goes back to him. So it says, if it's somebody else, you said, if it's somebody else's children, you have to pay them out to the child. And But if they're a minor, they give it to the father. You make an trust account, you give it to the father. Now the question is, if we're talking about dependent children, then even if it's somebody else's children, that I give the money to the child, give it to the father of that child. If the father of that child, not you, is supporting him, then he they're entitled to the money. Then my 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 give it to the parents. So what's interesting? I'm going to say this: copied the When generally do we say that a person is very particular? I I want to get um, you know the entitlements the and things that cost me money. <clears throat> but if somebody else hurts your child, nothing to do with you, and it's something extraneous to your relationship, then you don't mind if the child ends up with the money. So even though the child is dependent, you don't mind. But if it's your own child, I have to pay. I'm going to pay my child when I support him, and he lives by me. No, that's not going to happen. Because there, it costs me money. Over there, in other case, when somebody else is a child, and, I've, and, and that, the father of that child... At the end of the day, loves the child, doesn't mind. If he gets whatever, what it comes to him, to the father, nothing to do with it. It's not costing the father a penny. So I think, what do you mean? Every time you find something, the thing is the child has to give it to his father. He's dependent. Using your husband, the father doesn't really care. It doesn't cost him anything. Why does he let the child keep it here? Look at copy. There we say that it goes to the father. Why should that be the case? Amri, we say, this is the rule. My child, I'm supporting him 100%. If he gets some kind of benefit, the less the side that cost my son nothing, a windfall, he won the lottery, he found the material, but I am particularly, what kind of mention is he? I support him and suddenly he gets something and he doesn't give it. He should give it to me. When a case where my child got hurt, I support him 100%. But he got hurt, he's in pain. And therefore, the money that's going to him is not stammer windfall. It's to cover the 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 the, the pain and, and the medical bills and everything else. Then the father, at the end of the day, it's a father. Doesn't mind the child gets that money. The chabal but the with the tsar that my son, he himself, on his person had pain. it came from elsewhere, not from me. Then like copy, then I don't mind. So metzia, it didn't cost my son anything. I support him. Be a man, give it to me. When Chabal, if somebody hurt him and he's getting money, it's to cover the the, the pain. Everything else he had, I don't mind if my son keeps it. So the mother, Bahasa over there, the East Lake side, the Goofers, in the case uh, um, over there, um, the the side the side of Goofers, somebody's mechayvul, Uma Alma Kaasalei, they they copied, and he's makpid. The Tony it says. And not only that, I feel like even others 
Chayovin litin lavia. It says that even if others go ahead, this is the first brayser. It says that, um, and you said the first brayser is talking about they're independent. Chayovin a girl, the young girl. You have to give to the father. Why do you have to give the father? There's a case um, that she's the one who's hurt. And in the first price, it talks about the, the, the young daughter. She's the one that has hurt. And we say over there that if somebody else harms a daughter, it goes to the father. She's the one who's hurt. And um, and, and, and yet um, the father is mocking. We say, no, you have to give the money to the father. Why? It comes from outside. It doesn't cost the father. And it comes from outside. She's the one who's hurt. Why in the first price we say give it to the father? Amri, we said, yes, the first price is talking about that what? When the children are independent. He just gives a little bit extra, but the children are independent. Shows the father is stingy, mean. Which which father doesn't support his child, especially a minor, a young girl? The day they see the father is 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 a is a spendthrift. He doesn't support his kids, even his young daughter. I feel me lost him. I'm a puppet. So then he's such a kind of his nature, we can see that he's so mean-spirited. That even if the, the daughter got money from outside sources, and even if though it's to cover her pain, he wants his hand in it. Copied. Hawk over here with the child's independent, but uh, the child's dependent. The father, the fact that the child's dependent, the father's a nice person, is generous, supports even his children who are, you know, should be independent or adults, takes care of them and forevermore helps them out. The love Gavra Kap Donahu, he's a nice person. And he's not Makbid, then surely the supports them. It's the copy. When does he think that, you know, if it costs me money, you're going to make me pay you money. I take care of you everything, every need that you have, I take care of. I hurt you, cost me money, you're going to demand that money. He'll be very upset. Therefore, we say you don't have to pay. But immediately, but things that come from the world, he's not Makbid. Like the Matsya, but. Um, and let me see, but uh, what do you call it? If it's if somebody else harmed the child, they say we don't mind if you keep that money because um, it's not costing me anything, and you're the one who's in pain. I'm talking about a nice person here. Yeah. Like, okay, now you said you should make an investment for a young child. Put the money in the trust account. Will you put the money? There are no banks in those days. Will you yeah. put the money? My segula. What's a good investment? Okay, gives us investment advice now. You always need to save a tailor. So therefore, you get a safe potato, and that's the good investment. And meanwhile, you also have dividends because you can learn from the safe potato. So therefore, give every year investments. The chain Omar Reishlokish, Reishlok. Sorry, skip the line. Rabchiz Omar Safe Potato. Rabba Barabhun Omar. Rabba, the son of Huna, says Dikla palm trees. If you remember in bubble, that was like the main diet was palm was date palms dates. The Achmanet Tamra. So you have a tree, and the trees last for a long time. Plus longevity. Plus you have the the, the dividends. You can eat the dates. Now, getting back to our original argument, so the Mark gave us investment advice. The investment advice is you should invest in something that generally is in demand and you yeah. can get dividends from it all the time. Because you know that two kinds of stocks stocks where there are no dividends, but you assume that they're going to go up in price, yeah. or stocks that have maybe don't go up in price as much, but you get dividends. The Mark clearly says we want dividends. So it seems. Like you said, back to the argument of Rav said clearly that the father. Is not entitled to the four payments, only to the unemployment. All the other payments go directly to the child. Only the money of Kedushin goes to the father and the money of, um, of uh, what do you call it, of the unemployment. And that's it. The rest goes to the child. Rabbi Eichner says, 
even just a wound, a shame, everything goes to the father. No, he argues with Rav and because he says everything goes directly to the father yeah. if you harm his daughter. See a I feel that I belong like you by lay Ella Havola. See, it sounds like just even a, the smallest thing. Even Rabbi Lazar, who asked the initial question, was talking about Havola. There was a major wound because now she's been devalued, and who got hurt more by the devaluation? She herself or the father, the Afkasa Mekaspa, that, you know, that because the father at least has a right to sell the daughter as a maid, so therefore the father has a right to it. It affects him. Directly, indirectly. give a patch or something that that doesn't in any way devalue. What where's the father come in? Like a bailite. So what's what's Abiyah saying? We're talking about He gave her a smack in her face and maybe flattened her nose out or something. As a direct result of that, it, it impacted on her value. So now the question is, who goes the father of the job? So Rav says that the father is not entitled only to yeah. unemployment benefits. She's the one who got hurt. She's entitled to it. And Abiyah says no, that the father <clears throat> is entitled um, to all the benefits. See you tomorrow, Mitzvah